You know, the world began to radically change with the, with the, the coming of the 20th century. And, and with those changes, we saw a change of structure and uh, also a function of the family. Because before that time, fathers were not really considered that important as far as in the home, as far as with the kids and that kind of thing. Their role was really in how they could provide for the family. And so research studies, they just didn't place a whole lot of importance on fathers. Um, because they just didn't feel like that was, that was necessary. And so fathers were considered insignificant. Just to kind of give you an idea, you know, they would do these, these surveys, these, this research and this kind of stuff. And there was one that they put out several of these various surveys that were out there. And over 2,000 people would be a part of these various surveys that they were doing on parenting. And not one single father was a part of those surveys about parenting. And so we just didn't have a lot of data on fathers and, and why they're important today. And, and, and that's kind of the way things resulted. Until the 1960s, experts seldom encouraged dad to take part in parent groups. Uh, some of you remember, in fact, I'd love to see a, a, a show of hands. How many of you were not even allowed in the delivery room back in the day? Anybody? Or you were not encouraged. Oh, Mike, you're really showing how old you are there. Uh, yeah, there was a time it's like fathers don't, they don't need to be a part of that. They don't need to be a part of raising these infants. And fathers were looked at as they're the ones who teach their toddlers how to walk. They're the ones who teach their kids how to play ball. But they don't really need to have anything to do with these infants. And then came the 1970s, and these newly designed studies began to support the impact that fathers have in the life of their children. Now, Mother's Day, it was officially recognized by the U.S. government in 1913. Does anyone want to guess when Father's Day was recognized by the government? 1972. So it was, it was like 50 years later before we were even recognized. So even though they started getting all of these results, this new data about fathers and their importance. We, we just really still were not catching up with the things that they're discovering and, and how we perceive things. Uh, according to an article in 2011, so 2011, this was in Psychology Today, it says only recently that domestic courts recognizing the research on parenting and fathers have moved to greater equal child custody decrees. One of the areas that we're just now really learning is a father's influence in conception on a child. I mean, we, we've heard all the studies before, you know, you know, mothers who drink or smoke or do drugs before conception, it can lead to this or this or this. We're now learning some new things about fathers that they actually have a part in things. Studies show that men who binge drink before conception are more likely to have kids with congenital heart diseases and, and who will abuse alcohol. Poor dietary choices in men lead to negative pregnancy outcomes. At least one study suggests that men who are stressed before conception may predispose their, their offspring to high blood sugar. I mean, these are things that we're just now learning about fathers and in, in just in conception, not 
after they're born. But our culture, again, still hasn't quite caught up with, with the importance of fathers as much as the importance of mothers. How do we know that? You just compare Mother's Day with Father's Day. What do they always say? Follow the money, right? Follow the money. 2019, the National Retail Federation said, let's see, I'm going the wrong way, said U.S. consumers spent $25 billion on Mother's Day and $16 billion on Father's Day, and that Americans spent an average of $195 on mom for Mother's Day compared to $139 on average for dad. Guys, we have been rooked. Honestly, if my kids would just catch up, kids, if you could just get to the 139, that would be great. <laughs> They're also showing that uh, mom's brunch on Mother's Day or dinner, that this, we spend more. Spend more on that than you do Father's Day. They also determine that retailers have bigger Mother's Day sales compared to Father's Day sales. And it's not that there's not a variety of Father's Day sales, but the discounts don't go as steep including on the exact same kind of products that are put on discount for Mother's Day as there are Father's Day. And my point is simply to illustrate how our culture, although we are much better, we don't necessarily see the importance of fathers like we do mothers in the home. And, and I'll be honest, I've been guilty of this myself. I, I've been one to say, you know what, you know, it's just Father's Day. It's not like it's Mother's Day, you know? And, and, and I've got to rethink that. When I look at these things that I've been studying the last week and a half, I have to rethink how I phrase these things. Because listen, there's a part of culture that wants us to still be insignificant. That we are not important. In fact, Pamela Paul with The Atlantic, she wrote an article in 2010 in a July-August edition, and she said, nothing has been proven that fathers are necessary in a child's life. She quotes a single source, which is an article from the Journal of Marriage and Family, and that article is really, it's more about showing that non-traditional homes of a mother and father are not as good, or they are better uh, uh, well, let me say that again. Non-traditional families are better than the traditional home of a mother and father in the home. And really, if you read the article, they go out of their way to, sh to say that lesbian couples, they are better parents together than are a mother and a father in a home. They end the article, or this lady ends the article, and says the bad news for dad is that despite common perception... There's nothing objectively essential about his contribution. The good news is we've gotten used to it. And folks, this is just an article motivated by culture wars that we're seeing right now, right now in our culture, and the belittling of fathers and showing that they're not as important and that non-traditional stuff is much better and greater because there's an agenda to push. But here's the thing, the data just doesn't support it. 
They give one little article that really has an agenda of its own, but we can, we can look at all kinds of articles, all kinds of research, and we can learn things like this. One report says, even from birth, children who have involved father are more likely to be emotionally secure, be confident to explore their surroundings, and as they grow older, have better social connections. Another one said, children with involved, uh, involved caring fathers also have better educational outcomes. Most studies affirm that an involved father can play a crucial role, particularly in the cognitive, behavioral, and general health and well-being areas of a child's life. We learn that kids who grow up with a present engaged uh, dad are less likely to drop out of school or wind up in jail compared to children with absent fathers and no other male caretakers or role models. Children with close relationships with father figures. They tend to avoid high-risk behaviors. They are less likely to have sex at a young age. They are more likely to have high-paying jobs and healthy, stable relationships when they grow up. They tend to have a higher IQ test, scores by the age of three, and endure fewer psychological problems throughout their lives when dads take the role of a father seriously. Let's just look at one more. Young children who play regularly with their fathers have better peer relationships, greater self-confidence. They're better at coping and learning compared to children who do not have engaged fathers. There's, there's all kinds of research that, we, that is out there. And, the, and what we see here is that mothers and fathers are both very important in a child's life. Fathers interact, they nurture, they generally raise their kids different than mothers. Not worse than mothers, not better than mothers. Just different. And they're both important. For example, fathers encourage their babies to solve physical and intellectual uh, challenges even past the sign of frustration. It helps them later on when, when they find themselves in these situations and there's frustration. But mothers encourage exploration, and they are more apt to help a child once that frustration is apparent. In other words, there's this balance that goes on that they, and it's something that they need. Fathers tend to spend a larger percentage of time interacting with children through play than mothers, what we usually call rough housing. And they say that's very good for kids because they're going to be out in this rough and tumble world. And yet studies also show it's important for fathers to show affection and be supportive of their children. Because when they do, it greatly affects a child's cognitive and social development. It instills an overall sense of well-being and self-confidence. Now, some of you, you grew up in a time where your fathers, they just didn't say, I love you. They didn't hug you. And, and, and you may be here today and you're just like, yeah, this is why I hate Father's Day. And, but you need to understand a lot of that is if, that is this is what was molded before them. This is These are the things that kind of what they were taught. That's why these studies became so important. They began in the 70s, and, and it's just continued to pick up. Because what we're seeing is, yes, that is important. In fact, for young girls, they depend on fathers for security and emotional support. A father shows his daughter what a good relationship with a man is like. If a father is loving and gentle, his daughter will look for those same qualities in a man when she starts dating. If a father is strong and valiant, she will relate closely to men of the same character. And speaking of character, you got to talk about the boys. Boys model themselves after their father's character. Boys will seek approval from their fathers from a very young age. If a father is caring and treats people with respect, those young boys will grow up and they will more than likely do the same. 
when a father is absent, young boys, they, they look for other male figures, other role models who will, who will teach them the rules, if you will, to show them how to make it in the world because they're, they long for it. They, they're desiring it in some way. Now, let me say this. Anybody can father a child. But to be a father, that really is a lifetime. Hey, three of my four kids, they're out. They're out on their own now. But I'm still fathering them. I just don't have as, as much pull. I can't ground Noah anymore. I can try. But, but you know what, I, you know, and I'll tell them sometimes, you know, I, I know you may not agree, but this is, I'm still going to be your father. And so we, we play a role that just can't be filled by other people. Fatherhood matters. It matters. It's really important in, a, in these relationships where a loving mother and father and they love one another. That's a wonderful gift that you can give your kids. But here's the thing. Fatherhood matters even if it's not a part of a traditional family um, where a dad and mother are married and they love each other and they're all living under the same roof. Sometimes there has been an impression that uh, a father only matters in that situation, that if he's single, that he, he really can't have a, a good influence or the kind of impact that maybe a mother will, but that just simply isn't the case. Research around the globe is consistent. When fathers are involved in their children's lives, whether it's part-time or full-time, those children perform significantly better cognitively, emotionally, socially, and academically than children who did not have a real father figure who just was not involved. Now, here's the good news. You want some good news? We've seen a lot of all, all kind of stats this morning. But here's the good news. The modern fathers, these guys just be becoming fathers now, they, they are seeing this more than any other generation as to why this is being important. They, are, they seem to be more involved than any other. I think they're getting it. doesn't mean that every father in this generation is going to do what's right. I can show you stats on that too. But they see as important. I love seeing my son, you know, year and a half now. He's been a father. First time. He is, he is more involved with Piper than I was with him growing up. Just is. He sees that important. I've watched Peyton become a young father since he's been here. And I know firsthand how involved Peyton is with those kids. It's important to him. This generation seems to understand the importance of fathers. And it's wonderful knowing how much these modern fathers are beginning to see how important they are in this home. But I want to say, look, Christian fathers, we, we've got to go beyond just their, their physical and emotional well-being. We've got to be a part of their spiritual well-being. Ephesians 6 and verse 4 simply says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Now, this verse has a negative and a positive side to it. The negative here indicates that a father is not to, fo uh, is not to foster this negativity in their children through severity, injustice, partiality, or unreasonable uh, exercise of authority. 
Because when you do, it will decrease their desire to live a holy life. They will feel as if they can never please you. And so that's why it's important for us not to become harsh. We can want our children to do what's right, but we can do it in the wrong way. And that's really what this passage is about. But the positive side to this is that we can develop our children and their character through the instruction, through the admonition or, or dis- discipline of the Lord. And, and it just shows you the word discipline here shows that we fathers, we have to correct our kids. It's not that, that we don't. We've got to discipline them, but we're just not supposed to be harsh about it. So we fathers, we have to get in there and we have to ask ourselves, what is it that, that we can do that would move our children to do what is right? Rather than saying, you're going to do what's right or I'm going to break you, <laughs> you know? And we may not say it that way, but that's really kind of what we're saying. I'm going to correct an attitude. I'm going to make you stop doing something rather than correcting really why you're doing it. Children cannot be left to themselves and their emotions, folks. They just can't. There is a movement that started at least a decade ago where the U.S. government says children know what's best for them. And we're seeing now in our culture, they're saying that children should be able to do whatever they want to do without a parent's consent even to the point of mutilating their own bodies. Listen, that is so dangerous. It's part of a culture war that's going on. When the government says, listen, when the government says, these are not your children, they're our children, the red flags ought to be going up. I'm a historian. I love history. Read your history. Anytime a government starts saying stuff like that, nothing good happens. So the fact is, children don't know what's best for them. We know when we were kids, things that we thought was a good idea are not good ideas. Me and my friends in high school, we used to go jump off these cliffs. And, and we jumped off, and, and there's only like a, a small little area because there were trees down, and they went across this way and this way in the river we thought that was a good idea. Fortunately, none of us ended up being paralyzed or hurt severely, but there are things that kids think it's okay, that's good. It's just not. And I think that's why we see Ephesians 6 and verse 4 the way it does, because we expect our kids not to make good decisions all the time. So don't break them when they do. It's going to happen. You know, sometimes as, as parents, and, and listen, I know as a preacher, it's like, oh, my kids, they got to be perfect because I'm the preacher. And, and it, can make, it can make someone, and not just preacher, it could be elders, it could be deacons, it could be, you know, whatever job you're in or whatever, and you feel like you have to make them behave and you may not do it in the right way. But kids are going to make stupid mistakes. Fathers, you are an instrument of God. Teach your children to love the Lord more than anything else on this earth. That's what the Shema is all about in Deuteronomy 6, which simply means here. 
And it's, it's where he says, Hear, O Israel. And he tells us, Love the Lord your God with all your might, your, your strength. And, and, and Jesus comes back. Look, this is the greatest command, right? And he goes on in that Deuteronomy passage there in 6, and he says, Listen, teach your children. Teach them when they wake up. Teach them when they lay down. Teach them when they walk. Teach them. In other words, we need to always teach them the instruction, the wisdom of God. It's so important. Sing songs to your children from a young age about how Jesus loves them. Pray with your children. Bring your kids up in church. Get them in our classes. Get them involved in the things that we do, not just classes, but when we have things that we, that we help out with and, and we it, it, get them involved. Help them become a part of, the, of a church family that loves them. Talk to them about the Creator when you go to the zoo and you see all of these animals and all of these different sizes and shapes and, and teach them about the Creator. Tell them the stories of the Bible and tell them what those stories are telling us about God Himself. Now, if you grew up without a father or a father figure, you probably hate Father's Day, and you hate to hear sermons like that. And you know what? I don't blame you. I really don't. But if anyone understands, we need to get the message out that fathers need to take their role responsibly, I think you would say yes. And we may have some, some men in here um, that feel guilt, you feel remorse because you know what you've you're later down in life, and you know what you realize you didn't you weren't a, a real active father, you didn't really train your children, you didn't do the things maybe you felt like you should have, and you have a lot of guilt. But if anybody understands the importance of fathers and getting that message out, you do. And here's the good news: we have a heavenly Father who loves us, and He's always willing to forgive us of the gravest of sins. It doesn't mean that you get forgiveness, that you know your kids are going to love you all of a sudden, or that you're going to tell them some things that are going to change their lives from where they are now. It doesn't mean that, but it does mean that it's here that you find grace and mercy. And for those of you who may have been raised with a father who was abusive, or absent or unloving, I want you to know you can find peace in knowing that your heavenly Father loves you, that He will never leave you or forsake you, and that He shook the very gates of hell in order to save you, to let you know that there's something greater and better beyond this world. And what I say to you is lean into Him. And, and lean into your church family. As we say, we care for you, we count on you. And this absolutely applies. You're struggling this morning because, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're a young father and you just don't even feel like, you know, you're, you're doing everything. Look around. We, who is it in this room that you'd say, I think that was a good father? Go to that person. It doesn't have to be the minister or an elder, just somebody that you, you look to that could mentor you. If, if, or maybe, you know, you're struggling with guilt, and maybe you just need somebody to talk to. You can come talk to us. 
as ministers and elders. We care for you. But we also count on you and each one of you and helping one another. Find somebody to pray with and talk to about these things. Maybe you know somebody that's gone through the same thing. We care for you and we count on you. And when our family, church family, is doing that, listen, it is amazing what can happen. It's amazing what God can do. But hang in there. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we come to you this day and we just give you thanks and praise for always being there for us. Father, we, like our children, us fathers, we are imperfect. We make mistakes. I know, Father, there's always going to be things where we regret, things we wish we did better. Father, help us to see the things that we do that have been good, that the, the blessings that you bring in our, our lives, in our homes. And Father, just be with this church as, as we continue to be with fathers. Help us to support them and love them and encourage them in every way and be with our children, Father. Be with our children who are just bombarded with all kinds of craziness in our world. Help them to see your wisdom. Help them to see that your ways and your instruction are good and it only leads to those things which are good and prosperous and a blessing. So Father, I just bring all of this before you on this day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.